When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio, Oilers. 630 Chad. Mikel Bodker, the hat trick as the San Jose Sharks take control of this game early. Ward off a brief Oilers comeback attempt and get a 5-3 win at Rogers Place. Let's head right downstairs. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Oh, Todd, obviously you can't spot a team. But in the third period, you battled really hard and you were right there. Just obviously that. Too slow. Too slow out of the gate, too slow for 25 minutes of the game. On our heels, it, uh, to me it was very reminiscent of the game in Ottawa. Not really ready to go, too slow, turnovers, no execution early in the game, and then put your foot on the gas and go after a team. But uh, in this case, we decided to give up five instead of four. I'm not going to win like that. So who's, who is responsible for making sure that he's ready to play when the puck drops. All of us. Cam Cam said that, you know, he felt he didn't give his team a chance to win. Obviously, he's been very good all season. Um, I don't know whether the team needed to, to bail him out a little bit. Or... Yeah. You know what? He's been uh, stellar for us. And, and he, in fact, he made some good saves. Uh, there was a couple I'm sure he'd like to have back. And what magnifies it is um, the, some of the saves that Jones made. Uh, you know, you feel like you're on the losing end of the goaltending battle, but he played extremely well, and we've got to bury some of those opportunities. We're looking at open nets in some cases, and, and uh, we didn't have the finishing touch that we needed. There's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. 5-3, the Sharks get the win tonight. The Oilers just 9-8-2 on home ice this season. Hey, thanks for joining us. It's 10 o'clock along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Rob, will start with something to me that stands out from Coach McClellan's comments. Too slow, and he's. I mean, I, I thought it lasted longer than 25 minutes. Quite frankly, the Sharks were quicker to the puck, harder on the puck, and made better decisions with the puck. Well, there's always a fear when you come home from a long road trip that you have a, a slow start to a game. Uh, Bob and Jack talked about the fact that the Oilers sometimes have struggled after they have a day off. I mean, could they be valid points? Yes, maybe they could. But the simple fact was the San Jose Sharks knew the importance of this game where the Oilers stood in the standings, where they stood in the standings, and they wanted to make a statement. And they came out right from the beginning to make the statement where the Oilers fell behind first and then came on. So uh, San Jose last year went to the Stanley Cup Finals. They know what it takes to win. They know that if you want to beat good teams, you've got to come out right from the very beginning and, and set the pace and set the tone. And they did that tonight. So I think it was a, a learning uh, night for the Oilers. They learned what it's like to play one of the top teams in the league, one of the top teams in the West, what you have to do to win. Uh, and 
they're going to hopefully take something from that and put it into the rest of this homestand because it is a very important homestand for them. You can reach us, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. I mentioned Bodker with the hat trick for the Sharks tonight. They led it 4-1 after two periods. Full marks for that lead. The Oilers did have a few chances when it was 3-1 early in the second period, but Martin Jones, very good when he had to be tonight. He winds up, he winds up with 33 saves to be the winning goaltender. He was. You know, there was, there was a time in the third period where the Oilers, they come back, they're down 4-1, they score a couple quick ones, and then they had about two or three shifts in a row where they continued to push, to continue to get chances. And Jones shook off the two quick goals, made about three or four big saves, and then allowed for the Couture goal to, to get the separation that San Jose needed again. So Jones needed the, the, the big saves when he got them. The, the goaltending situation tonight, San Jose goaltending outplayed the Edmonton Oilers goaltending, and that's one of the reasons that San Jose walked away with two points. 780-496-0063. We'll start off with Greg tonight on the open line. Hey, Greg, thanks a lot for calling. Going. Good. Uh, I got a, I got a couple quick questions, and I'll get to my point. But, hey, Reed, have you ever thought of, uh, you know, uh, maybe doing the morning show on TSN 1260 so there's actually some decent uh, radio in the morning or not? I'm just curious about that. So I'm very happy with my current job. Thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, nothing gets me else in the phrase. But, anyway, um, once again, it's nice to see the Oilers battle back instead of lay down and die. Um, you know, it's a good sign of improvement. Um, the Oilers dominated the third. Uh, you know, some bad bounces, you know, and... And some of his goalies stood on his head tonight, which was, you know, five, six, ten bell saves he made, and the game can be totally different. But my question for you guys is, um, uh, with the emergence of Benning this year and how good Davidson uh, did last year, um, I'm just wondering which defenseman um, you guys would uh, rather have uh, on the blue line. I know Benning doesn't have to be protected in the expansion draft, and I know technically we can keep both if we protect Davidson, but I'm just wondering which out of those two defensemen um, you think um, would be better on the other blue line, i.e. not protecting um, Davidson and and maybe doing uh, protecting Maroon or something like that and doing the it, it different when when the expansion draft comes along. Well, there there'd be no question that if I mean if you talk started throwing forwards and then Maroon would be uh, he would be protected ahead of Davidson. Yeah, there's no question on that. I mean, Maroon's on your first line, and Davidson right now has been in and out of the lineup. As for Davidson and Benning, now both have had very, very short, you know, looks here in the National Hockey League. Davidson was very good last year when a bunch of players went down. He was he was excellent. Benning this year has started out, and, and he's been this huge find for the Oilers. The one advantage I think that Benning has over Davidson is he's a right-hand shot and has a little more offensive upside, as we've seen as of late. Uh, in a perfect world, both guys are in your lineup, and I would be shocked if both guys weren't in your lineup against the New Jersey Devils. I think David's will be back in. Yeah, but I, I, I think we've seen from Benning in a lot fewer games more of an upside and more consistency than we've seen from Davidson when he's played who also hasn't played a lot and has battled injuries but that's just this year last year Davidson was excellent for a long period of time for the Oilers uh yes I think Benning though has more offensive potential oh yeah absolutely he does he's got much more and we've been been asked this before and I know a lot of fans don't want to hear this but I think Rob we agree that Davidson I mean again it's a long way away there's a 
pretty good chance, if you look at it the way it is right now, that he'd be exposed in the draft. Yes. And he'd be more appealing than Pouliot or Fain or well, go down yeah. the list of some of those he, guys. He, well, Clearly, so, yeah. well, I mean, if you're going to – defensemen are, are much more appealing for an expansion team to start with unless you're talking about a star going away. So uh, – Unfortunately, because of the expansion drafts, someone that the Oilers probably would love to keep probably won't be here the following year because, you know, Las Vegas is going to come and steal one of the Oilers players. Benning with one of the three Oilers goals tonight. That means a $75 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. That's from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. We're over $3,000 for the season, and you can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630shed.com. Before we get back to the calls, I, I thought the Benning goal... 22 seconds into the second period. I mean, the Oilers needed something to make the game interesting, which they which they did for a while. And I thought that was interesting. Lucic, who I, I know Rob fans sometimes get frustrated, and you have talked about it. sometimes the, the play dies with him when he's trying to make a pass. Great pass, and then good for Benning. Now two goals in his last three games, and I know everything happens fast, Rob, but you've played, and guys always know the score in their heads. He, he knew he had to finish that to give his team a chance and a great shot. Well, I mean, all guys know they have to finish, so I mean... Well, you know what I'm saying. So, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's an important situation. Well, he, he, he had time. He had space. And there was no panic in his game. I think the one thing that we've seen with Matthew so far this year that has surprised a, a lot of people, there isn't a whole lot of panic in his game for a young player with under 30 games or whatever it is he has in his pro career. He, he just... The moment doesn't... Uh, you know, grab him and throw him away. He, he he thrives in it. And it was a wonderful play by Lucic. He made the good pass, and, and Benning just walked in and calmly put it right where he wanted. The, he's got good offensive instincts. I, I think it's a genetic thing. His father was a very good offensive defenseman in pro hockey. His, his uncle was. His younger brother is a good offensive defenseman as well. It, it is, you you can teach as much as you want, but offensive instincts are, are, are born. You you have them or you don't. He has them, and he knew what – just not only on the goal, he jumps in at the right place. He, he throws the puck to the right areas. He knows when to jump in the play, when not to. He's a smart He's a smart hockey player. That was a big goal. When you're trailing by three going into a period, you, you break it down into, into quarters going into the period. They got one early. It gave them life. It got the fans back into it. They got another, and then they carried the play. And it was just a bad bounce, bad break, the Couture one, that eventually turned the game around for San Jose. And on that one, too, I was shocked that the referee did not have his hand up. That, I mean, that was a penalty shot. And there, there was no call on the play, which was weird. It was well, the right drive, but chased him down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, I mean, right. he got he, – and his stick – his stick – it wasn't Grab, I thought it was Sakura because his stick went flying too. I mean, it was – it should have been a penalty shot. No call. The referees made the right call, though he did not – kicked the puck in on purpose, and unfortunately for the Oilers, that was the end of the comeback. Yeah, well, and, and it was a bounce, but we've seen the Oilers get bounces yep. as well because they've had a guy going to the net or they've taken advantage of a play, mm -hmm. and Couture was able to get the puck off Griba and and streak in, and there was no, yeah, you're right, there's no way, I mean, he wasn't even looking at the puck, so there's no oh, way he could kick it. The reason he wasn't looking at the puck, because he, he got tripped, and he's, <laughs> as he was sliding, he was already looking at the ref, like, seriously, that's got to be a penalty shot, so, and, and it was too bad, because the Oilers did have some going, and there was uh, a little bit of panic in the San Jose's defensive zone there for about four or five minutes, and that's when you need your goalie to come up with big saves, and Jones did come up with about three or four big saves in a row. The first line for the Oilers, could add a number of goals. Patty Maroon.
could have had a hat trick tonight with the number of quality chances that he had. Once again, that was that was their best line for sure. Five three though the Oilers lose tonight to the Sharks. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Fred on the line. Fred, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, how's it going, Reed and Rob? Good. Hey, good to hear from you, man. Yeah, well, tonight you got Aerosmith on Dotterock, anyway. Oh, good. Oh, hey, I, I, I forgot to call you back the other day. I know you called my desk, so I'll, I'll try to call you before the end of the week, okay? Okay, no big deal. Big difference between the Oilers and San Jose. I think the best defenseman in the league right now, Brent Burns. Absolutely, no doubt in my mind. He's dominant every time he is on the ice. You know what? He kind of is starting to remind me a little bit of Chris Pronger. Uh, I th- a I th- cheap man, Chris Pronger. Well, not a cheap man, but you no, know what I'm saying? He's he's better offensively than Pronger. He is. But, he is. but he's got the presence when he's on the ice. When Pronger was on the ice, everything went, well, whatever team he played for, their way. Because he just controlled everything. Burns is a lot like that. Bur- I mean, Burns just got better offensive instinct. He's one of the best offensive defensemen in the world. And you saw a bit of that tonight. I also thought Mark Edward Vlasic, who we weren't sure was going to play tonight, was good. I mean, even on McDavid a couple times, he just has the right angle, quick poke check or a quick shoulder. You know, he doesn't have to He doesn't have to slam guys into the boards. Well, was it Ron Wilson that was the coach before in Anaheim? You're, well, it was you, Todd. No, but before that. I thought it was Wilson before when we were doing games. But yeah, he was Ron the one Wilson, that told me that Vlasic had the best stick Oh, really? In the National Hockey League. He just, his stick was always in the right place at the right time and broke up a number of plays because of that. And you saw that tonight. That's how he handles plays. It's not through physicality. It's having his stick in the right place to break up plays. Hey, Fred, are you ready f- to finish the play tonight? Oh, of course I am. All right, here we go. You can qualify for the grand prize. Draw $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire experience integrity. Here we go. Bend on Connor McDavid, back in his own zone. A big hit on Braun. All right, who threw that hit? Was it Maroon or Cassian? Oh, geez, I didn't watch the game tonight. I um, can't even help you on that one either because I have no idea. Uh, I watched the game. And it was Maroon and who was the other? Cassian? Yeah. Uh, he's playing him like David Maroon. I'd have to say Maroon. That's up. Let's find out. Bend on Connor McDavid, back in his own zone. A big hit on Braun, and that was a heavy shot landed by Patrick Maroon, but the Sharks were able to clear. There you go, buddy. You're in the uh, grand prize draw. Good stuff. How to pick up on the hint there as well. So Fred gets finished the play tonight, and of course you can reach us on the open line, 780-496-0063. We're also going to get comments from the Sharks dressing room, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. So... Rob, it was a, a, a game in which the Sharks looked in control early, and Bodker comes out and scores just a minute 39 in. I don't know about you, but I had that feeling like, oh, no, is this another home game where the Oilers are going to be playing uphill and look you know, kind of a half step out of it? And it turned into that for most of the first 40 minutes. Well, it's funny. I'm watching the game, and I'm seeing the t- chance after chance after chance. And it's funny, Talbot took the blame the first five, seven minutes of this game, he kept them in it. And then the Oilers get that one chance. It wasn't a great chance, but they put it in. I'm like, you know, that's what happens. If you don't capitalize, the other team comes back. But that goal at the end of the first period, just it just changed the way that both teams felt going to the dressing room. San Jose all of a sudden feels as though, you know what? We do deserve this lead. And the Oilers say, oh, we're so close to getting out of that unscathed. Instead, the goal goes in by Burns. And both teams go to the dressing room feeling differently than they would have had that not go in. 
And then San Jose got the big lead, and you can push all you want. Push all you want, but you're always one mistake away from the game ending for you, and that one mistake was the Couture goal, and the big comeback is halted. Yeah. Todd McClellan was asked in his post-game comments, whose responsibility is it to make sure the team doesn't start poorly? I feel like we're kind of back here in November when the Oilers had that stretch of allowing early goals. Remember they had nine Mm -hmm. games in a row. They allowed a goal in the first ten minutes. No, they didn't always trail because sometimes they scored, but still they were allowing one early. Didn't have a good first period against Ottawa, and and clearly tonight, uh, you know, as as we mentioned, they're a little fortunate to be down 2-1. Where does it where does it start? And, and you and I always recognize there's two teams on the ice, and, and San Jose knows how to come out and dictate. But, but where does it start when you know this is a problem that now seems to be rearing its ugly head again? Well, to me, it starts with the players. I mean, I've sat in a, a million pregame meetings with coaching staff, and they'll tell you, you know, they'll go through what the other team's power play does, penalty kill does, you know, things that you might change, like here and there, line combinations. But they're more or less the same. And it's up to the player to be ready at the start of the game. It's This Oilers team, it's been for years, it's one of the biggest uh, negatives that this team has had is they've always been a slow-starting game team. They always try to feel themselves into the game, see which way is it going to be physical, is it going to be fast, which way is it going to go. And then they eventually respond to that. When you're playing good teams, the response usually is too late. Um, this is on the, the players, the leadership players. I mean, the coaches can say and do all the right things if the players don't go out and execute them. Well, I mean, what's the coach supposed to do? He can't put his skates on. So to me, this is simply the players have to be better from the start of the game, and tonight they weren't. And that's the adjustment they'll need to make for Thursday, our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. 780-496-0063 is the open line number. We have Alex on the line. Alex, good to hear from you, man. What's up? Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing well. Well, Rob, you said it all there. I mean, I, I was going to say, like, right from the start, the Oilers look tentative. They look like they're almost scared of San Jose, and they, they I don't know what was going on there. They just looked, uh, uh, yeah, like they were going to be reacting rather than pushing it. And this is what this is what chokes me, man. I mean, I, I circled this thing on the calendar. They're going to play San Jose for first place, you know, and, the, and you'd figure that this team would just go flying out of the gate. You know, and I'm excited. You know, I go to Boston Pizza tonight, right? I'm in there, and, you know, right off the start, the puck bounces around there, and it's one nothing. And then they get the goal back, you know, one all. Then the late goal at the end of the period, I was going, oh, no. But then, you know, Patty Maroon could have got a, that puck over the over the uh, Spalding Jones there if he would have buried that one. And then what does Pouliot go and do again? Pouliot gives the puck away right in the middle of the blue line there, and bango, it's 3-1. You know, and then the tip in to make it 4-1, and I'm telling you, man, I'm screaming. Like, I, I, I literally left Boston Pizza, and I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't sit there, and I bailed. And that's the first time I bailed this year, and it reminded me of last year. You know, like, what are the orders? Like, you know, you said it. They weren't ready at the start. The tentative, I don't know what it was. They was, like, scared, and it just, man, this was for first place. Like, I am hugely disappointed. I mean, I didn't throw the remote control against the wall because I was in the bar watching the game tonight, but I got to tell you if I was at home. And, you know, and I don't know what to say about it. I'm just like, I'm choked, man. That was for first place tonight. Yeah, well, I'm glad you didn't throw anything in public, and I hope you at least finished your meal before 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 you left because you got to be... 
you got to get your nutrition. And there's nothing more nutritious than pizza, Alex. But thanks for calling. Yeah, I mean, he used the word tentative, Rob. That totally a fair description, I think. And the the one thing that was, and it did it didn't happen a lot, but it happened more than it should. Maybe three, four times where. The Oilers had the puck under control. Maybe they'd, they'd won a puck battle, and they were going to move it up ice, and then it was almost like a, a half pass, and it just kind of drifted to no one or was behind the intended guy or the or the winger didn't come back far enough to put himself in a better position for it, and bang, the Sharks are on it, and they're forechecking again. Well, the, the Sharks, they were quick. They were fast. They're good at anticipating. Uh, they've got four lines, so nobody gets overextended out there. I think... One of the things is the San Jose Sharks are, are more battle-ready for big games than the Oilers are. The, I mean, a number of these Oilers haven't played in a big game ever in their, in their NHL career. Uh, there's some that have, but for the majority of the core players, they haven't been in these games where the San Jose Sharks have been one of the top teams in this league for a number of years. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. They've had some great playoff runs over the last number of years. They know what it's like. They know the feeling. They know the pace that needs to be played at. I mean, the Oilers came out. I mean, that pace may have been good enough in a game against Ottawa or it may have been good enough in a game against New Jersey. But when you play for first place, you know, later in the season, uh, it's a different style of game. You have to ramp it up a bit. And maybe the Oilers weren't, uh, weren't expecting it to be as, as ramped up as it was. And it was a learning experience, and hopefully they'll be able to take this for the next big game they have. Now, I mean, they're going to be... Well, which at, is Thursday. they well, got to treat Thursday like that. They, they like. do and they don't. But it's the, if every game was a playoff atmosphere, players, you, you wouldn't have players survive the season. That's why the playoffs are so exciting in right. the NHL. So there's certain games during the during the season that the 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 effort level, the the... what. The willingness, all those things, the battle level are all higher. And tonight was one of those for the San Jose Sharks. Unfortunately, the Oilers came to the party a little bit late in the second and third period. They had picked it up by then. It was just too late. Yeah, Sharks win at 5-3. They led 4-1 after 2. If you're on hold, stay there. We're coming to you. We're going to hear from uh, Mikel Botker, who got a hat trick for the Sharks tonight. Also from Drake Kajula, who was tonight's second star. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Larson and Nugent Hopkins on the brick penalty kill. One-timer Pavelski and a save made by Cam Talbot. The rebound, Thornton had it blocked. And now a wrist shot, Pavelski and a right shoulder save made by Cam Talbot. So the saves of the game there by Talbot, then Russell on the shot block, and then Talbot again, courtesy of Armor Insurance. Protect your home, car, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Cam Talbot. Needed a couple more tonight. The Oilers lose 5-3 to the San Jose Sharks to fall to 21-15-7 on the season. They remain third in the Pacific Division with 49 points. The Sharks get up to 52, and Anaheim with a lead on Dallas. What do we got left for time there, Rob? We have about four minutes left, I think. So Anaheim looking good to uh, beat Dallas and get to 52 points as well. 780-496-0063, thanks for joining us tonight. We have Bruce on the line. Hey, Bruce, thank you for calling. Hi there, how you doing? This is the first time caller. Your show was great. Thank you. I'm just wondering, what do you think of our defense there? Like, we're, I was at the game tonight, and 
so often I see in the, the play die on the defense. I mean, the wingers are waiting for a puck to get up there. Guys like Greiber overhandling the puck. Like, we need a right-hand defenseman that can, can move that puck up there quickly, get it to the guys on the fly, and uh, move the play. And my second point is, we've loaded up our front, our first line there with with talent there. And is, is, is that a... Is that something that we can bank on here? You know, Dryside will be in the, the playmaker that he is. He should be centering a, a line there. Well, the the problem that the Oilers have had thus far is that nobody has played with McDavid as well as Dreisaitl. He's been by far the best right winger that the Oilers have had. At the beginning of the season, they wanted that to be Everly's spot. They wanted Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins to play together and it didn't work out. They've tried Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, and McDavid all being centermen. The Oilers just don't have the depth on the wings. What the Oilers need is a second line such as Nugent Hopkins with Everly and Pouliot or with Lucic. They need one of those lines to step up so that they can keep Drysaddle where he's at. And if they do that, the Oilers are going to be very good. Unfortunately, they, they have not been able to step up. Maybe tonight was a stepping a step forward for them as, as Pouliot that line played better tonight. Lucic with Cassian played better tonight, but it's just one game. So the, hopefully that's just a, a start for them. As for defensemen, I mean, Griba was signed as a a six seven six guy. seven Kill guy. Yeah, he, he was signed in case there were injuries. I don't think he was. He wasn't going to be in their top six. Injuries to a Darnell Nurse, to a Davidson, have forced Griba to play a lot more than he was expected to. When this team is healthy, Greibel will go back to being a number seven defenseman. And I think the Oilers' defense is immensely better than it has been in, in the last six, seven, eight years. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a fair point by you, Bruce. That, And again, I think the quality of the, the opponent figures into that. The Oilers are better at getting the puck out of their own end, but San Jose ramps up the pressure. They play that inside-your-equipment game that... Todd McClellan wants the Oilers to play and then they don't handle that little bit of pressure as well. Are, are they going to get a better puck mover offensive defenseman this year? That's probably the next big thing on Shirelli's shopping list and Rob, that's that's a tough one. I don't know if that happens I, I, in season. I, I find that any kind of pressure on like Griba, Clefbaum, you know, they don't have an outlet pass. They, they, they clog up their, their passing lanes and then they panic and turn it over and that's San Jose is back the other way. Yeah, well, that definitely happened a lot tonight, Bruce, for sure, especially through about the first 35 minutes, of the, well, even the first two periods. Thanks a lot for calling. We do appreciate it. we got to do a quick break here for the news and weather. I, I do believe it is going to warm up at, <laughs> at some point. I hope so. Not, I, I, think it, I, I, have to, I think Morgan has the weather. I think it, oddly enough, warms up overnight and then gets cold again during the day, but I, I think it's plus later on in the week. So that's not bad. If you're on hold, stay there. We are going to get to you. You're going to hear from Drake Kajula as well. Oilers lose 5-3 to the Sharks. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Live Center. from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. See, I told you it's warming up, Rob Brown. Yeah, it's minus. It's going to be minus 9. I heard a minus 33. I don't know where you heard With the minus. wind chill. I'm only referring to the actual air temperature. Well, the air blowing at minus 33. <laughs> Actually, if you don't mind, I'll run the show the next 20 minutes. You just run down and start my car for me right now. I don't know where you're parked. 
Long ways away. Sharks beat the Oilers 5-3 tonight. Mikel Botker had a hat trick. The Sharks clearly better through the first two-thirds of this game. They led 4-1 after two periods. The Oilers made it interesting. Two goals in the first 345 of the third from Benning and Clefbaum, but Couture scored shortly after that, and that was it for the scoring. 780-496-0063. We have Steve standing by. Good evening, Steve. Great, Rob. Hello. Auto Star Works, guys, up to a mile away. <laughs> I was just thinking about Googling that while we were on the commercial here at minus 33. <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine has it. It's awesome. Okay, I want to ask a question. I'm deeply concerned about our depth of goaltending going into a potential playoff uh, entry point, and I want to know, I mean, I realize we're in the middle of the season and that complicates things, but my question to the gang here is, uh, I don't care what league you're in, Bantam or NHL, if you let five goals in the net, you're toast. So um, is there any way that we could get Shirelli or um, Cates to throw four or five million dollars for 30 games at one of these supremely excellent goaltenders to come in and and maybe spell off Talbot, who, uh, you know, I mean, I realize he doesn't have the team in front of him that we need to do a deep playoff run, but it's even is what I'm suggesting even feasible in this NHL in 2017. I mean, who are you talking about? Well, you have to, you'd have to trade for Halak, right? That's basically what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, if I was a goaltender playing for any team and somebody wanted to play me $5 million for 30 games, I'd be interested. Oh, but yeah, you but can't do contracts mid-season, though. Oh, you, you can't opt out? No, oh, no, 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 no. For the Oilers to get any of those goaltenders, the Oilers would have to trade. Oh, and they the have to trade. And the Oilers aren't deep enough right now to trade something good to get a backup goalie that's going to play once every eight games. I understand. Okay, so we'd have to give up. We don't have any talent to trade for somebody that good. Well, well no, and you're not going to trade for a good goaltender because Talbot's going to play 70% of your games, so you're trading for someone that's going to play 20 games tops on the season. Okay. So you're not you, – you, you want what you want is Laurent Brassois to come up and be that guy. But we you know, want, like, we don't have any confidence in him, true? Not, not yet, no. They, I mean, there's, hopeful, there's hope that he's going to be that guy. He's going to be a goaltender here. Uh, they, the reason they brought Gustafson in is they want Bersois to continue to I- improve and play and play a lot in the minors. It's been an up-and-down year for Bersois. Okay. So, um, the, the hope was that Gustafson would be good enough to be able to spell Talbot and give us quality starts. It hasn't gone the way they had hoped. But now the Oilers are in a position where, I mean, you're, you're looking at trading for somebody's backup goaltender. So he's a backup goalie somewhere else. You're picking up maybe a guy on waivers, like the Leafs just pick up McElhaney. Yep. Uh, there, there's not a lot of great options in the okay, middle of the enough. season for a goalie. Thanks for the show, guys. You guys are great. Have a good one. Okay, th- thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Laurent Brassois tonight makes 17 saves on 19 shots. He's the winning goaltender. The Bakersfield Condors over the San Antonio Rampage 5-2. Shots were 35-19 for Bakersfield. Yessi Puglia-Yarvi played in this game picked up on assist. Oilers lose here at Rogers Place 5-3. Drake Kajula had his third of the season. Here's Drake, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years uh, with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Keep falling behind. Yeah. Um, shot ourselves in the foot early on and it's uh, it's a tough league to play from behind all the time and 
um, you know, like I said, we saw ourselves in the foot, and uh, early on we had to make sure we, you know, push back. And um, you know, like I said, it's, it's a tough lead to come back from a couple goal deficit and uh, doing it multiple games in a row. It's uh, it makes it even harder. You did have the momentum in that third period. Obviously, that fifth goal kind of was a big one. Yeah, um, you know, we came out and we, our goal was to score a goal every five minutes, and I think we scored the first one within 22 seconds, and we scored another one a couple minutes after that. So, you know, the momentum was going our way. We were rolling and uh, you know feeling pretty good, and then uh, you know they got a breakaway and off the skating, and it's a bounce that happens in hockey sometimes, but that kind of deflated us a little bit and uh, took the momentum away. But um, you know, like I said, we just got to have a, start, a better start and um, you know play like we did in the third period. If we did that in the first, we'd be in a better spot. You talked about the momentum. It seemed like your goal gave you guys momentum, but then they got it right back and then rolled out to a 4-1 lead. What allowed them to get that 4-1 lead and how hard it was it to come back from that? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, anytime you can score a goal, it's going to get your confidence up and the team's going to start uh, you know, flowing a little bit more after that. But, uh, you know, giving up a goal right after you score is never a good thing. And, um, you know, that kind of put the momentum back in their, in their way. And, um, you know, it's a tough league. Like I said, you can't come from behind all the time. And, you know, it's, uh, it's taxing on the body. It's taxing on the players. And, um, you know, if you've got to keep coming from behind, it's, it's going to wear you down. And, um, you know, like I said, we didn't have enough gas to finish it off. Thanks, Drake. Thank you. Read that straight, Kajula. Thanks, Brendan. Brendan Ulrich in the Oilers dressing room tonight. Kajula with the goal, earned second star honors. Mikel Botker with a hat trick, obviously the first star. And San Jose's goaltender, Martin Jones, with some really good saves tonight. 33 in all is the third star. Sharks win at 5-3. Our fourth star for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Who are you going to put forward tonight there? Well, I'm going to put forward Matthew Benning because we continue to be impressed with his play, and he scored a nice goal tonight. He has two goals in his last three games. Yeah, he was very good again tonight, and he will need to be very good again on Thursday night against the New Jersey Devils as the others need to rebound. And uh, you, you don't like losing the first game on a long homestand. The Oilers did. You certainly don't want to lose the first two games on a long homestand. So it's a team, New Jersey, that I believe the Oilers are – uh, superior to when it comes to talent level. We saw that the other night in New Jersey. The Oilers need a big rebound game uh, after tonight, and the, the New Jersey Devils are the perfect team for them to do it against. By the way, Patrick Maroon, six shots on goal tonight. He was dangerous every time he was out there. Well, that line continues to be very good. They're, well, they're just going to get, they need the secondary stuff to step forward. And what I like about Patty Maroon, it's sometimes when you play with, with stars, and he's playing with the star at McDavid, and he's playing with Dreisaitl. You sometimes want to just, you're right, you know, give it to them. Every time you're here, I'm going to move the puck to you. I, I'll let you guys take care of it. He's not. He's being assertive. He's taking the puck, and he's dr- jamming it from the side of the net. He's being aggressive. The only time he wasn't aggressive tonight was on the two-on-one where he kind of tried to guide the puck into the net, and, and it didn't get across as Jones came across and made a big save. But I love his aggressiveness with the puck on his stick. He's going to continue to to blossom as a, a, a number one left winger if he plays with Drysaddle and McDavid and plays assertive like he's been doing. Every Oiler had at least one shot tonight except for Cassian and Lander. Lander playing just three minutes and 24 seconds. No Japanese Village goal light tonight. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to one of three locations of Japanese Village in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. All right, 5-3, Sharks over Oilers. You'll hear from the hat trick boy, Mikel Bodker, when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. 
This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perinich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The San Jose Sharks humming along offensively. They beat Detroit 6-3 on Saturday. Tonight, they knock off the Oilers 5-3 at Rogers Place. Mikel Botker, four goals in his last two games, including a hat trick tonight. Here's Botker for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. said the other day that uh, maybe get one, they start to come in bunches. Do you expect them to come uh, three the next night? <laughs> you, you play a game and you go to the... The, the areas that, that they come and, and, I mean, a game like that when you score your first shift and, and you, you're going to feel good the whole game. And, and they came my way today and, and it, was, uh, it was three good goals. Yeah, three shots in a row, though. I mean, how often do you see that? Yeah, it's not often. I mean, the, the, the first one, it landed in my feet and, and had to put it in. And then the, this, the second two, the, the third one was a, was a tip. And so it was a good shot by, uh, by Pickle. So he, he, he made sure he got that towards the net. And, and we work on that in, in practice. So it, it, was, uh, it was three good goals. A design play, though, because that wasn't on net. It was at you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was a design play. But sometimes uh, when, when you have good defensemen like, like we have here, they, you've seen it so many times with Burns and, and Pavelski. They, they do it often. And so uh, it was good for us to, to, to get that fourth goal and, and kind of get that uh, 4-1 lead at that point. Seems like you and Melbourne have developed a little bit of chemistry just in some of a few games, but you guys seem to work well together. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, just he's a hardworking guy. He keeps it simple. It's He's simple to play with, and, and he doesn't doesn't do anything that that is not needed i mean he 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 goes with a purpose and 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 it's easy to follow that and it's easy to to uh to play off of that and and hails today that the same thing so we were a good line today mikhail bodker hat trick sharks knock off the oilers 5-3 in case you didn't already know it of course mark edwards vlasic nickname is pickle as he (laughs) used in the interview would you use guys uh, nicknames in interviews, Rob, Always. or would you say you would, eh? Oh, you wouldn't yeah. save that for off-mic stuff? You, you just can't help it? Well, eventually you forget the guy's real names. <laughs> Honestly, you do. Like you'll, 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 someone will say, hey, did you see so-and-so? And I'm like, what's his name? What is his name? I can't remember. I, I, I got married. One of my groomsmen had to call his wife to find out what his real name was because his nickname was Bubba. I only knew him as Bubba. So, no, guys, once you get nicknames... We, no one even cares what their real names are anymore. It's their nickname, and then it becomes, and the wife becomes Bubba's wife, or, or Mar's wife, or whatever. Biffer's wife. No one talks about. We don't name. I mean, hockey players. I mean, we have so much to remember. We can't remember everything, so we just try to forget things that are useless. Uh, all right, seven eight zero for like people's names. Like people's there, names, it's not that important. There you have it, kids. Your name means nothing. Right, Wilkie. We have JP on the line. Hello, JP. Long time no chat. Hello, you guys. How are you tonight? Good. Thanks for calling. Well, I'll tell you right now, if I was a part of the uh, Sunday with a shark and, uh, you know, a guy in the media say, oh, what do you think of Edward coming back tonight? I'd go, who the hell is Edward? You would have to tell me about who the heck is Edward. I'd say a pickle played well, but I'll tell you right now. <laughs> the one thing about the oiler that is driving me nuts, and maybe, Rob, I want to get your opinion on this a little bit. But it seemed to me that we look at the burn goal tonight. I mean, this guy is with a spot back there. Not to have him. He gives a nice, quick, just a quick to the point, shot from the point, hard right at the, right where he wanted it to be. But we have about five feet. Five feet to just kind of look around, 
kind of take a look, take a, take an assess of this. Oh, should I shoot? Should I pass? Should I pull the chair up and you know relax, have a cocktail? Who knows? The Oilers need to press the D. I don't think they are pressing the D. They just come at them. They give them five feet all the time, whether it be on the PK. I mean, I know you have to dumb it down a little there, but they give so much time. And then you watch RD try to take a shot. He's into a shin because it's a guy three feet, two feet, right on the guy. Pressure, hard on the guy. But this be safe. You know what? I lost a couple of games tonight. I mean, if Taylor Hall come in and does what uh, Mikel Bagger do tonight, I am going to puke. I ain't going to puke on Thursday if I see this. But you know what? When was the last time I am getting angry with the Oilers in a playoff position in January? <laughs> I can't remember the time. It's been 10 years, and I'm, I'm happy for this. A big win coming up on the Thursday. And wait, it's going to be fantastic. Thank you very much. Right on, JP. Good call. Always good to hear from you, man. 780-496-0063. Just want to touch on the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard. I mentioned the Oilers remaining third in the Western Conference, and now they're three points behind both Anaheim and Dallas. Obviously, the Sharks win here tonight. Anaheim, or pardon me, uh, not Dallas, uh, San Jose. The Ducks beat Dallas 2-0. The Blackhawks knock off the Red Wings 4-3 in overtime. The Predators' shorthanded goal. They listed at 458 overtime, but wasn't it 1.2 or something? Yeah, one second to go, and the Vancouver has a power play in overtime, four on three, which are almost automatic. And at the very end of it, Nashville, I think it was Yossi, blocks a shot, and then they take off 2-on-0 in overtime, shorthanded, one little pass, and with one second to go, they score a shorthanded overtime game-winning goal. You do not see that very often. So 2-1, the Predators take that one. Bruins win 5-3 in St. Louis. Hurricanes 5-3 over the Blue Jackets. Popular score tonight. Sabres beat the Flyers 4 one. We've got to take a timeout. Todd, you're up next on the phone line. Don't go anywhere. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. So the Oilers are 21-15-7. The Sharks are 25 25- 14 and 2. They beat the Oilers 5 3 tonight at Rogers Place. We have Todd on the phone line. Hey, Todd, good to hear from you. Hey, guys, how are you? Um, I tell you what, you know, I've been to uh, a lot of Oilers games. I'm the season ticket holder. I've called in many times. Love to talk about the Oilers. Love to talk about them even more this year. Impressive team. I like what's happening down low. I think they could have won the game. I think they should have probably won the game. That front line, that top line, I mean, I tell you, it's got to be one of the strongest lines in hockey right now. I think they should have won the game against Ottawa. They win that game, two points. They win this game, that's four points. We're talking about the Oilers being a couple points behind the Hawks, right? I mean, they're outplaying uh, they're outplaying the other team. Here's my thing. you got a guy like Brent Burns on the blue line. He is dominating the play out there. So they're reversing the puck and putting the play on the right side. Taking pucks to the net. Hard pucks to the net. Scrambles in front. I mean, they did everything that they could against them. Other than the first 20 minutes, they're putting pucks to the net. Scrambles in front. Shoot. I mean, confident. Every player on that team came out in the third period and thought that they could win that game. Every fan in that stadium tonight thought the Oilers could win that game. And that's the difference. Right, that is the difference. I tell you, I mean, 
Really impressive team. A couple bounces here and there, and they win the game. I'm wondering what the difference is. Well, I don't know what they need to do. You know, I know they had a flat start. It happens. It happens more often with the Oilers. They're stronger in the second and third than I've ever seen them play in years. But I don't know what they need to do to take those wins from those high-end teams. I mean, I'm not sure if they change the defenseman, if they get rid of, you know, a defenseman, try to get a new goal. I'm not too sure what they're – I'm not too sure what the solution is, but I'm thinking they should be winning those games. They should be winning those games. Well, Ottawa, for sure, they should have won. But, Rob? I mean, mean, tonight – I mean, San Jose's good. San Jose's got a good hockey club. They're deep. They, they they were the Western Conference champions last year. They're largely intact from last year. They're healthy. Um, they they are a good test for the Oilers. Uh, I think the Oilers are capable of beating them. I think right now if they go head-to-head, San Jose has a stronger team. But the Oilers are, are making baby steps towards that. They're starting to learn how to play important games against good competition. And they're in every game. And tonight they, they proved through the final 30 minutes of this hockey game, that they can compete with the San Jose Sharks. What they learned was when you want to play one of the big boys in the West, you've got to come right from the get-go. And you you can't be chasing. You can't chase San Jose. You can't chase Anaheim. You can't chase the Chicago Blackhawks and have success. You've got to learn to do it right from the beginning. If they, So it was a learning experience for them tonight. Hopefully they'll take that and put that put that forward. Come the next time they have a big game against one of the top teams in the West. Before that, they got to take care of business against the other teams that they should beat. They should beat the New Jersey Devils, and if they do that, they'll feel good about themselves. And then there's an exciting game on Saturday against the Calgary Flames. So first comes New Jersey in the homecoming of Taylor Hall. Win that, take care of business, and then look forward to a real battle of Alberta. All right, and of course, we'll have the Devils-Oilers game for you on 6.30. Chad, Thursday, 5.30 face-off show. Puck will drop at 7. Rob, thanks for everything, buddy. I'll see you on Thursday. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening, back at 6.30, Chad, and our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. The final 5-3 Sharks over the Oilers. You can get more on the Oilers page on 630chet.com, including additional post-game interviews from Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Chris Russell. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perandish Team Broadcast Centre. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll join you on Inside Sports from 6 to 8 tomorrow night. Thanks a lot for listening.